with the save. Oh, you got to get a shot here. Final seconds. Bryant for the win. Bang! All right. Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another damn sports podcast. Uh, we are here to talk to you about Super Bowl 54, 49ers and Chiefs. Uh, Patrick Mahomes versus Jimmy Garoppolo. We got two offensive uh, coaches going at it between uh, Shanahan and Andy Reid. Uh, and unfortunately, we do have to discuss the tragedy of the loss of NBA superstar Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe Bryant was killed on Sunday in a helicopter accident, along with nine others, one of whom was his 13-year-old daughter, uh, Gianna Bryant, uh, also known as Gigi. Um, everybody's kind of shooken up by this. It's a reminder that life is really short and that we really need to appreciate every single moment and every single person in our lives. Um, Drew, when you found out the news, I mean, what was your first thought? You texted me like pretty much right away. Um, what was going through your mind when you first saw the first headline from TMZ? Uh, I thought it was complete bullshit. Um, I could not believe it. I mean, it was TMZ. You know, every time you see TMZ attached to something, you're always skeptical. Yep. Kristen and I were just sitting on the couch watching TV and I was scrolling through my social media and I saw Someone posts, uh, rest in peace, Kobe Bryant with a picture of him uh, per TMZ that he had crashed and or he had been in a helicopter crash. And it, it was it, it didn't sink in for a while. You know, like I was just scrolling through Twitter and every like professional athlete I followed was tweeting about it. Every everybody was tweeting about it. Mm -hmm. And the more tweets I saw, the more I realized that it's most likely real. And once I finally saw that uh, Woj confirmed it per per source on ESPN. I was like, all right, well, this actually happened. Now we just got to wait for the details. But then I, I just started racking my brain of how impactful Kobe Bryant was on my life, on all of our lives, how incredible of a basketball player he was, how much he inspired everybody around the world. And I know I'm basically repeating what everybody has been saying throughout the past few days when they're inter interviewing former NBA players, current NBA players. Everybody's saying the same thing, but that's because it's so true. Kobe Bryant was a phenom. He was mm -hmm. a once in a generation player and he's definitely going to be missed. He was a globally iconic. I mean, he was one of the most popular NBA players ever in China, in the Philippines. I mean, there were so many murals of him posted on social media in the Philippines alone yeah. of him and his daughter, Gigi. And uh, you know, I was at the gym working out when you texted me, my brother called me and I was just so shook when I heard that. And I confirmed that it was really, I, you know, still working out when you first said the thing about TMZ. I'm like, yeah, let's wait for a reliable source to come out. And then ESPN, Fox, CNN, everybody started talking about it. I was like, oh, geez, I couldn't focus. I stopped working out. I was supposed to do another few exercises, you know, pumping iron. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I couldn't really focus at that point, trying to gather myself and figure out all the details of what had happened. And uh, went home, watched ESPN for like two hours, seeing former athletes and uh, people in the media who knew Kobe Bryant and interviewed him countless times. Uh, Stephen A. Smith came on. He was still in tears when he was talking about, you know, what had happened. And uh, the gravity of the news just with Kobe was one thing. And then it just got so much heavier when you found out that his 13-year-old daughter was in the accident as well. Yeah. And not to belittle the other seven lives that were there. I mean, everybody's talking about Kobe and Gigi. I mean, everybody's lives on that plane mattered. The reason that Kobe is getting Kobe and Gigi are getting the headline news is because Kobe was a globally iconic person who right. reached a lot of people because of his uh, legacy as a basketball player. Yeah, and a lot of the stuff that he did to post his career. I mean, he was one of the athletes that had the smoothest career transitions from retiring from basketball into what he did afterwards. Mm -hmm. I mean, he looked like if you followed him on social media or saw him on any late night shows or interviews uh, that he did. He seemed to be having the time of his life more so after his career than during his career. I mean, he was spending so much time with his family. He was uh, creating new stories. He came out with a book series. Um, he won an Oscar for his poem, Dear Basketball, that they turned into an animated short. He was the first African-American to win an Oscar in that category. Um, and I think still right now is the only one to win in that category. Mm -hmm. So it's just it, what I took away from this was that there were so many people that weren't even fans of basketball posting about how Kobe Bryant touched them because yeah. of his book, the Mamba mentality and how that mindset can 
translate not just from anything in sports, but to your passions in life. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it still doesn't feel real. No, it doesn't. And there's a debate that Kobe Bryant goes down in history is one of the, one of the most inspiring athletes of all time because of that mentality that he had. He was, he had just such a drive Mm -hmm. to win. And I have, I've read, I haven't read the entire book, but I've read a lot of the Mamba mentality book that he came out with. I believe it was uh, last year. And it literally just starts off with just how much work he had to put in to continue to play, how much work he had to put into play into his forties. Yeah. Or it wasn't into his forties, it was late thirties. Um, Cause his body was really failing him and he would have to get up and uh, arrive at the arena so much earlier than everyone else. He had to do so much PT. He had to do so much work just to get his body in game shape for that night. And there was such a drive with the guy that isn't, you can't see, present in any other player really it, yeah it was literally just him well and, and Kobe Bryant was for people that are our age was our version of Michael Jordan growing up because by the time we started watching sports Michael Jordan had retired or maybe we just started watching when he was fat on the Washington Wizards yeah <laughs> so so you know we didn't see live the Chicago Bulls run with Michael Jordan and Kobe was kind of that player that was really next to Michael Jordan as far as what he brought to the game. He was kind of a carbon copy of Michael Jordan in a way. Really was. Uh, he Because he mimicked some of the moves. Because he he learned from Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he would ask, he would call Michael Jordan up and ask him questions. But I love this. There was a time where Michael Jordan and Kobe met. And they were talking about playing each other one-on-one. Michael Jordan looks at Kobe and goes, well, we'll see what you got. And Kobe looked right at him and goes, well, I'll see what you got. And Michael <laughs> Jordan's like, well, you can't guard me. And Kobe goes, well, you can't guard me. That's incredible. And Kobe was 18 years old. We'll see what you got. You say that to the most, the greatest player of all time. That's some balls right there. And Michael Jordan walked away and said to the guy that was interviewing Kobe and sharing that story was Michael said, I love that dude. Yeah. He's a warrior. Yeah. You know, and and that's who Kobe was. And we, Kobe grew up in front of everybody's eyes and had to deal with the scrutiny of all that. I mean, imagine going from 17 to 37 in the public eye from that, for those 20 years. Because he made some mistakes early on in his personal life. He had struggles on the court in his early years. He had the thing where he and Shaq had the feud. So he was constantly under scrutiny. And yet it's amazing to me that Kobe Bryant is probably the most beloved athlete in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. When at the time, when Shaq and Kobe looks like they were going to be breaking up, the fans wanted to keep Shaq and ditch Kobe. Yeah. And then, like you said, it was because he was young. Like he, he definitely came off as that cocky young player. But that's because he knew how good he was. Mm-hmm. Um Honestly, though, the, the most impact I had watching Kobe play was during his run post Shaq, his championship runs. You know, mm-hmm. when he lost those battles with the Celtics, uh, when they beat the Orlando Magic for the title. Those were the times when I really got the chance to see just how great Kobe Bryant was and lead that team with the help of Pau Gasol and a couple other players. But those were his teams. Yeah. And he was the reason he won those titles, other than the fact that your Celtics choked, but that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. As a Celtics fan, you know, I I, I I, always rooted for the Lakers to do well, despite being a Celtics fan, because my dad's favorite team has been the Los Angeles Lakers. And I every year I always hope that the Lakers and Celtics will meet in the finals and the Celtics will win. Mm-hmm. So in 2008, you know, Kobe, that was Kobe's best year, I think, was when he was the league MVP led the Lakers to the finals. I just went up against a better Celtics team. The Celtics were just a better team that year. Yeah. And even Kobe admitted that he said they were uh, stronger than us. They were, uh, they imposed their will on us and we needed to get better to beat them when they did in 2010. And in 2010, the Celtics had their shots, but they blew it. You know, they blew it. But I would also say Kobe took it away from them Mm -hmm. because of how good Kobe Bryant is. You know, he's just a hall of fame I do remember that game seven of that series was so bad, though, for both teams. It was, a, it was a very ugly game. It right? was an ugly win. And even Kobe said after the game, he's like, I can't believe we won that game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kobe said that that finals, you know, it's hard to pick which finals is your favorite. When you, But he said in the moment, maybe he was prisoner of the moment, but he goes, this is the one that means the most because it was the hardest one. Oh, yeah. It was the hardest one. That was the best team I've ever gone up against. Yeah. And that was the hardest one to accomplish. So I also love in that. Post game interview, he also was asked about does this, what does the championship mean to you? It's got one more than Shaq. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they really love to uh, bring that feud into the media, even though it, it sounds like it was mostly just advertising, you know, just oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hype each other up. You and, know? and Shaq and Kobe admitted that, you know, well, long, before. well before Kobe's accident. And, you know, when thinking about 
the people affected by this. You think of their families. I, I thought of Vanessa and the three girls left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because not only did this, the daughters lose a father, they lost a sister. Vanessa loses her one of her baby girls and her husband. But I also thought of Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. And how it's just like... Well, did you see that Kobe texted his son very shortly before he boarded that helicopter? Like, yeah. that's incredible. That's how you know that Shaq and Kobe, their families were very close. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly... The loss of Gigi in this accident is definitely the most impactful thing in terms of just heartbreak. Mm-hmm. You know, just a young 13-year-old girl who had so much promise. You, you've seen all these videos uh, come to surface. Of, she was a little Kobe. Yeah, she really she was, was. She was just a younger version of Kobe who was going to dominate women's basketball for years to come. And unfortunately, we're not going to be able to see that. I know. And you can see there's uh, videos out there of him talking about how she's just like him and how she's understands the game and you know she wants to play at UConn and then play in the WNBA and I thought it was great that UConn uh put a number two UConn jersey like on an empty seat to honor Gigi yeah that that was a huge gesture and it's just so sad and then just to move to the the other people on the helicopter too there was a a daughter uh, and her two parents two parents and then I'm pretty sure that daughter had two older siblings at home so could you imagine being those kids, losing your sister and both your parents in one instance? Like I, I, I can't even I, imagine. I, I can't imagine. I, I don't want to ever have to experience that. Yeah. I, I, it's just, it's horrible. It really is. And it, it's, it was a freak thing because the pilot had over, they estimated like 8,000 hours of experience flying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's not like this was some young kid or somebody new to flying. This was just a freak thing they talked about the weather though that there was like some fog or something mm-hmm. that was causing Strong difficulties and everything yeah like they honestly should not have taken off according to the right article that i read and, and and people don't realize that you know they're like why would why would they take a helicopter kobe bryant has been taking helicopters from where he lives in orange county to to the la lakers facility for years mm-hmm. and the reason for that is he separated himself he was smart he separated himself from hollywood during his playing days because he didn't want to get into that. He wanted to focus on basketball. He didn't want to focus on the the stuff that could impact him in Los Angeles. Yeah. So he flew in because it avoided the traffic. Yeah, there's an insane amount of traffic in LA. Like that's it, that's just a well known fact. It, it's just it's it's crazy to me that somebody we grew up watching and idolizing is is gone. Yeah. No, this is by far 100% the most impactful celebrity death that we have experienced in our lifetime. Like I know Michael Jackson. He's very impactful to a lot of people and but not, as well. not to but us. Not to us, though. No. Kobe Bryant, he's he's the first like generational superstar athlete that's passed away in a very heartbreaking way. Yeah, I mean this he's one of this is one of those situations where you're gonna be able to remember where you were, what you were doing when you found out the news. Yeah. And it, he's also the first like major NBA star to die so young. You look at all these NBA legends. They're all still alive. They're all still alive. They're yeah. all old. Yeah. You know, uh, but and like that's God. what Shaq was saying. That was the most sad part about it was that he they're not going to experience telling stories of the old days. With uh, oh, I, I, Kobe. That, that just broke my heart. Yeah. Going like he's like, we're not going to be able to joke at the Hall of Fame. Like I have five. You have four. Yeah. Or, you know, we're, he's not going to know who Kobe was going to pick to induct him into the Hall of Fame and or, or bring him in. And, um, and they're saying that they're going to have Kobe in the Hall of Fame this upcoming year, though. Like of course, by, I mean, by, by go the rules and everything, like get him in and yeah, um, you know, I, his wife finally put up, and I, I don't say finally, but she put out a statement. Uh, I think it was either yesterday, was yesterday, yeah, uh, you know, and it, it, it's just, <sighs> yeah, it's it, it's definitely an incredibly tragic thing. We definitely wanted to talk about it because it's so impactful just to the sports world and obviously, like you said, everybody around the world. Mm-hmm. Um. The saddest response I saw was from Vince Carter, uh, because Vince Carter's my guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and he, he was saying that him and Kobe they had like a crazy relationship where, like, on the court they were just so nasty to each other, and everything they would just talk so much trash to each other. And then once they would get off the court, they were like brothers. Yeah, and it sounds like that was the case with Kobe with a lot of people. Uh, I was saddened by LeBron's post about it. Yeah, you know, because LeBron had just passed Kobe the night before, and. Uh, he talked to him that morning and then yeah. fly, he's on a flight from Philadelphia back to uh, Los Angeles. And while you're on the flight, you find out that, you know, one of your friends, mm-hmm. you know, 
passes away, it's like, what? And there's there's no way. There's no way that LeBron and the Lakers are not going to. I mean, it's not like they weren't already before, but they're going to try as hard as they possibly can to win the title. I feel, like, like, I, no I feel like the Lakers are going to be on a huge run now because of this. Yeah. I, I can't imagine – as long as they stay healthy. And I said this to you, and I don't mind you know advertising this. If the Celtics can't win the finals this year, I hope the Lakers do in honor of Kobe Bryant. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of Celtics fans would agree. There, there's so many, so much respect from Celtics fans to Kobe Bryant that I've seen since this happened. Yeah, like you got to respect respect greatness. Mm-hmm. You know, like if this, I hate to say it, this happened to Tom Brady, I feel like Bills fans would do the same thing. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know? and it's it's at the end of the day, you might resent sometimes the way an athlete acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they're playing. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they're, they're a human being just like the rest of us. Exactly. And they have families, they have children. And, and that's really the core thing of why I think this is so impactful. Cause I, I saw someone on sports center talking about like, it's okay to be upset about somebody you didn't know personally passing away because it reminds all of us of our own mortality. Yeah. I mean, Kobe Bryant was somebody that you just, you didn't think ever. Kobe's not going to die. Yeah. (laughs) But unfortunately that's going to happen for all of us at some point. Mm -hmm. And you just have to, again, it's so cliche, but tomorrow's not guaranteed. Yeah, absolutely. For any of us. Absolutely. And honestly, the most, now that I say it, the most impactful thing that happened when I was looking through social media was it actually didn't have anything to do with Kobe. It was Kendrick Perkins did you see anything about his feud he was having with Kevin Durant on Twitter? I did, yeah. Yeah, how Kendrick Perkins was saying that Russell Westbrook is the best Thunder player of all time. And, yeah. and Kevin Durant got pissed about that, so they started arguing back and forth. Well, literally right after this happened, like an hour later, Kendrick Perkins tweeted at Kevin Durant, is like, and he was like, I love you, bro. I'm sorry. Like, anything that I said that may have hurt you, I didn't mean it. Like, time, or, like life is short. Like, you can't hold grudges. I'm sorry. Did Kevin Durant respond? I didn't see Kevin Durant respond. But just seeing that tweet from Kendrick Perkins, that really put into perspective me. Like, man, the, the time on this earth is so limited, and you can't just spend it being mad at each other. Like, uh, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it's just. There's so much hate in this world, and you got to ignore it if you want to enjoy life. You know, Shaq said the same thing. He said, I called up some people that, you know, I had some problems with, and I said, I love you. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's so true. And, uh, you know, Kobe Bryant, I, I had saw a report that he had gone to church that morning because mm-hmm. I guess he was a very uh, – he practiced his Catholic faith. And uh, it was something that, to me, stood with me because I was like, oh, I went to church on Sunday morning. And, you know, it's just like you go through – You, you think, feel even more connected to Connected it now, to it. Yeah. Well, because it's like, it's like you're going – you connect more with that person's life because you're like, okay, that was part of my routine. You know, this is what I did on Sunday. And – it was just like, you know, it's, it's just, it, it puts a weight on your shoulders. To kind no, of like, like just, cause it's, it, it's so interesting when stuff like this happens because it brings everybody together though. You know, like everybody grieves together. Everybody shares all of their memories about Kobe and shares how he affected their lives. And uh, we're going to have everybody that comes on the show to give their Super Bowl picks. We're going to have them give us a quick tidbit about how Kobe affected them. And yeah. Uh, it's just so interesting to hear everybody's perspectives. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, do you have a favorite Kobe Bryant memory? Uh, favorite memory? That is really tough. Here, why don't you start? Well, for <laughs> me, there's two that stand out to me. Okay. Uh, number one was there was this game where he played the Phoenix Suns. I remember watching this live when I aired on TV. It was the clip I sent you earlier um, where Phoenix uh, was up. They were down in the series two games to one, and they were about to tie the series – uh, but um, the Lakers stole the ball from Steve Nashley and Kobe hit a layup to tie the game and they went into overtime. And then in the overtime period, the Suns were up by two. No, they were up by one. And they were doing a tip at center court uh, for a jump ball. And the Lakers won the tip. Kobe got the ball and he got a shot off just in time from the top of the key and hit it to win the game. Classic Kobe Lakers play. Up three games to one. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, the Lakers lost that series. Ultimately, yeah. <laughs> but it was a great Kobe moment where he just was he clutch play by Kobe. Right. And then my other favorite memory was his last game. Oh, of course. I was uh, working uh, at Fredonia's NRA and I'm sitting uh, in the office and I had two TVs. I had one TV in the main hall that was on Golden State's game because Golden State was playing, I think, Memphis. 
And if Golden State won, they'd set the record for the most wins in the regular season. And then the other TV closest to me had Kobe Bryant's final game. Yeah. And, the, you know, the fact that he scored 50. Scored and 60. Then, and then scored 60. Yeah. They, they were counting down to 50. And then oh, there's still yeah. time in the game, and he scored 60. And they came back and won. Now, yes, Kobe Bryant took 50 shots I in that know. game. <laughs> but it was still amazing because at the end he didn't miss. Right. He didn't miss a single shot in the last two minutes. And it was a crazy comeback win, too. Like, it was just, like, the perfect game for him to send off with his career. Um, but, you know, as you're talking, I remember the most impactful Kobe moment that I will remember for the rest of my life isn't even with him in a, a Lakers jersey. It was during the All-Star game when LeBron had the ball and the East was down by, like, maybe a, a bucket or something like that. And LeBron opted to pass oh, yeah, instead yeah. of shoot. And Kobe literally just gave him so much shit. And he's like, <laughs> dude, come on. You're the man. You're supposed to take the game-winning shot. Like, Because obviously Kobe would have taken that shot. Yeah. So that was just him instilling his his mama mentality in LeBron. Like, dude, if you are going to be one of the GOATs, which he is, you need to learn how to take the game-winning shot. And I feel like LeBron learned something from that. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. And, and that was what Kobe Bryant did. He yeah. always cha- I had heard that he always challenged people. Yeah. To be better and to – he would ask people what their goals were. And he's like, okay, well, how are you – what are you doing to accomplish that? And if they didn't answer in the way that, like, he thought they were working towards it, he's like, the, he'd call them out on it. Yeah, you can't complain about it if you're not working towards it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, so that that was definitely the moment for me because that was, that was just classic Kobe. Yeah, and I hope that, you know, when it comes to these uh, situations where someone dies young, you know, people have the whole thing. It's like, well, why would – why would someone, if, if you know God's all perfect and everything, why would why would this happen, kind of thing? But uh, it's or you hear the cliches like you know God has a perfect plan. You know we might not know the answer right now, and that's true. We don't know the answer as to why right now. But I think if you can take the fact that Kobe touched so many people in a positive way, and hopefully people learned his message of being great and can work to make themselves better and to let go of certain uh, animosities they had towards people, you know, that can be a very powerful lesson, very, very powerful lesson in yeah. a very terrible situation. Yeah. That's, that's the perfect way to end this conversation by just talking about how Kobe taught us some amazing life lessons it is an incredibly sad tragedy. We're going to miss Kobe. We're going to remember him for everything he did on the court and off the court. We're going to be very saddened by the death of his daughter for years to come. Uh, we definitely wanted to cover this very sad topic, as everybody is, and uh, hopefully uh, we can bring the mood back up now with uh, some uh, Super Bowl talk. The, be- the best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me, and she'll be standing next to me, and they'll be like, "Hey, you gotta have a boy. You and V gotta have a boy, man. You have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy." She's like, "Oh, I got this. <laughs> no boy for that. I got you. Like that's right. Yes, you do. You got this." All right, so the first guest we are welcoming on to the podcast to talk about the Super Bowl and Kobe Bryant is Kristen Walby. Kristen, how's it going? Good. How are you guys? Pretty good. Uh, before we get into the fun topic of the Super Bowl with the Chiefs versus the 49ers, we're going to start with the, the sad news of Kobe Bryant uh, passing away on Sunday in a helicopter crash with his daughter, Gigi, along with uh, seven other people. Um I know, I know what you were doing when you heard the news because we were sitting on the couch watching uh Law and Order, but what were your first thoughts when you heard the news? So I had seen it on TMZ on my phone before you mentioned anything. And because it was TMZ, I was like, yeah, it's just a hoax. It's not real. I mean, how many celebrities have really died, according to TMZ over the years? Right. Um, and then you mentioned it, and I was like, you know, I still don't really believe it. Um, and then you started getting closer and closer, like reading more and more reports of different analysts, different reporters. And I was like, oh, shit, this is actually real. Yeah. Um, couldn't believe it. And then it got even more heartbroken when they announced on TV that his daughter was part of the crash. I know we were trying to go to the gym, but we just, our eyes were glued to the TV. We just couldn't look away. Um, hey, let me ask you this. Before this happened, did you know much about Kobe Bryant? Were, were you a, a big fan or did you? Yeah, I mean, anyone who knows me knows I'm not a fan of the NBA. Right. Do not follow. Still don't. Yeah. Of course, I know Kobe Bryant. I know of him. I know of his successes, uh, some of his past performances but not as much as i know now that i've all these different reports are coming out and things that i'm reading about him but definitely a huge impact on the game and the world as a whole yeah no that's for sure and, and do you uh what, what was like the 
the best thing you learned about him through this process? Just the way he's influenced other players, how he wasn't just about himself. Of course, you know, with his Mamba mentality and his work ethic, he tried to inspire his competitors, other people on the court um, and across the globe. He was just wanting the sport to be as best as it can be with all of the players as the whole, mm-hmm. um, which is something I didn't really know as much about him. Was his impact on others? Yeah, I mean, that was a, a big part of Kobe's legacy. and. Uh, something that I think that was really important that Kobe did post his career was he was such an advocate for women's sports and women athletes mm-hmm. because he has four daughters and his, you know, his oldest daughter played volleyball. His yeah. um, daughter who passed was a becoming a great basketball player, wanted to play at UConn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were at like the UConn games and supported yeah. UConn and uh, Kobe Bryant took her to WNBA games. He was a big voice for the WNBA. He was a, a he attended uh, the women's national team for mm-hmm. the soccer games. Um, during like the World Cup and stuff like that, uh, I mean, how how impactful would you say it is for a male athlete, a very successful, very popular male athlete, to be out there speaking on the behalf of women's sports and how important it is for girls to get involved? It's not just any male athlete or successful male athlete speaking on it. It's it's the way that he speaks on it because successful women athletes they do not need a man to validate that they are successful athletes, mm-hmm. but to promote the sport and to get more interest, they do need allies and in in, in from male athletes. And, and that's really what Kobe Bryant was. He was an ally. He wasn't just saying, Hey, go watch a WNBA game for the fact that the, the heck of it. Like he really supported it. He respected them. Um, something that I saw was that he had attended some of the college championship games and when Oregon played, he went in the locker room afterwards and he was, you know, signing their their sneakers and talking to them, taking pictures with them. And the athletes, they didn't say it was a publicity stunt. They didn't feel like it was an obligation for him to, to be there and attend it. It just felt like something he wanted to do and congratulate them out of respect. Yeah. Um, so that's that's the right way to do it. Yeah. Um, that's how you be an advocate for the women's sports. Yeah, and he was encouraged. I heard him a quote from him encouraging uh, the girls he was coaching, saying, if you put the work in, you can be just as good, if not better, than any good male athlete mm-hmm. at the game of basketball. And he, when he was coaching uh, his daughter's team, he actually taught them the triangle offense, which is something that Phil Jackson brought in for the Chicago Bulls in the 90s and the Lakers in the early 2000s, a very complicated – offense for anybody that studies mm-hmm. basketball and he goes and they ran it fluidly and but, he's saying that they're <laughs> playing against grades higher than they are older mm-hmm. than them and they're still winning these tournaments yeah um so he's having a huge influence on them in, in that way um it, but not only that he always brought gg you know to like i said to all those games but brianna Stort, a WNBA player we're very familiar with we've all played against yeah. um she went down with an achilles injury and one of the first people to contact her was kobe bryant and he continued to be in contact with her through her rehab. Um, so that was just another way that he's, you know, really there for these female athletes and wanting mm-hmm. to support them to be the best that they can be. Um, it's it's phenomenal, the, the impact he's had, how much reach he's had with so many female athletes. Yeah, my favorite Gigi story with Kobe was that uh, they were out to dinner. And people would come up to him and say, you and your wife, you got to have a son. You got to yes. have a son because <laughs> someone to carry on the legacy. And Gigi was like, well, I got this. <laughs> yes, you do. <laughs> and stories like that are both so sad and so like incredible oh. to hear, you know, because you, you just hear the promise through those stories. And the pride he had in her yeah. and his other daughters. Yeah. Yeah. It's an incredibly sad thing. And we, we wanted to get your thoughts, but uh, why don't we now move on to a more happy topic. Yes. Uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, it's a big game. The Kansas City Chiefs are facing the San Francisco 49ers, Pat Mahomes versus, I guess, versus Jimmy Garoppolo, but that isn't really the matchup we're, we're thinking about. It's that uh, crazy 49ers defense, see if they can hold off Pat Mahomes, because if they, they do, like, 49ers got it. But what do you think? I have not watched enough 49ers football this season. I just don't understand how Jimmy Garoppolo can be in the Super Bowl. He doesn't do anything. He didn't do anything. Exactly. So <laughs> Through eight passes. Yeah. It blows my mind. So I don't know how they got here. I don't know the talent, but I've watched the Chiefs, and they are an explosive offense. They can come back from behind. So if they get behind, that doesn't worry me too much. We know they don't need much time to get down the field and score. 
I want to say the Chiefs, but I feel like I'm just biased because I haven't watched any 49ers football this year. I just don't think it makes sense that Jimmy Garoppolo can go out and and earn a Super Bowl for doing absolutely nothing. So is that it? Are you going with the Kansas State Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Pat Mahomes to get his first? I'm going with Pat Mahomes. All right. That's that's three so far for the Chiefs. Chiefs. None for the 49ers so far. I don't want to hear all these announcers talking about how even though the Patriots aren't in the Super Bowl, a former Patriot is, but guess what? He isn't freaking doing anything. I, saw, I, saw this, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I, I, saw, I saw this map on Facebook yesterday. It was uh, in red uh, and then in yellow and then pink. And almost every state except for four were pink. And the pink category was glad the Patriots aren't there. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly it. And I heard the most insane thing on SportsCenter. I was like, look at the group of uh, quarterbacks that Jimmy Garoppolo would join if he won. Who has three court, or, uh, three Super Bowls? I was like, oh my god, do those first two really count? Like, no, it's like it's like it's like Carson Wentz's ring in Philadelphia. It doesn't yeah. even count because he wasn't the quarterback who played in the game. Right. You know, it, but like you're gonna hear quarterbacks. But like, even that, he helped the team get to the Super Bowl earlier yeah, in the season. Right. Grobble sat the bench the entire season. Yeah. Like you're gonna hear a group with uh, names like what Tom Brady, Troy Aikman. Joe Montana, all those quarterbacks who have won three Super Bowls, and then Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, it's just going to be so unfitting. So we'll, we'll see what happens with this game. Kristen's going with the Chiefs along with the other two guests from last week, so we'll see what everybody else thinks. Okay, so now we are uh, welcoming on our degenerate analyst, Pat McMahon. It's been a while since he's been on the show. It's been a while since he's given us any picks, but uh, today he is here to give us his wonderful insight, as always. But first, we are going to get his thoughts on the tragic Kobe Bryant situation. Pat, uh, where were you when you first heard the news about Kobe, and how did Kobe Bryant affect your life? Um, So I was actually in the gym um, when I saw. I was just kind of, you know, know, between sets of – of uh lifting i was just looking at twitter and that first popped up and you know obviously the first reaction seeing the tmz report is that it wasn't true and you know because it was weird it, for a while it was just them and no one else really confirming and you know that's not the the best source so i just kept checking back every couple minutes because it was like man there's no way this is this is serious and then you know it got to the to the point where it seemed where it obviously um you know was the case and it was just shocking you know just just pure shock like I was talking to my parents about this the other day, probably the most like newsworthy, like sudden death uh, of a celebrity since Michael Jackson. I don't know how long ago that was, but it's, like, it's been that, that long since, you know, uh, I would say uh, a celebrity death like that really affected the nation. And, um, you know, obviously the first reaction just, it's just super sad, but then, um, you know, especially once I, it was confirmed his daughter is on board and, you know, another one of her teammates and their parents, you know, just heartbreaking at that point. Um, and, you know, I mean, as far as, as Kobe as a player and everything, like I obviously am a, uh, was a big basketball player, you know, my favorite sport to play growing up, all that. I, I wasn't like the biggest Kobe guy. I was a Steve Nash Suns fan, so they used to have some battles in the, in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, it was one of those teams, I, one of those things I was always rooting against him. But, you know, it was just you had an opinion on him no matter what. Like you loved him or you hated him, like, he was a guy you kind of loved to hate on the court, and and that's what I did. I hated him on the court, but obviously respected him as a man off it, and uh, you know as a dad and all that. But he was like he was a perfect villain, and he also embraced that role. Like he didn't care that that uh, play, you know that fans and other players hated him. He kind of he liked that role. He knew he knew that they you know people despised him because he was such a good player because he was always beating their team. And you got to respect a guy like that. And yeah, just absolutely shocking news. You know, forty one years old, so much more to give. Yeah, no, that that's absolutely how Mike and I responded to the situation as well. Kobe Bryant was such an incredible player, and it, it's interesting to hear from uh, I mean, both of you guys. Both your teams had such crazy battles with Kobe Bryant. Both of you like probably hated him at the time. Two yeah. NBA finals. I didn't hate him. I just was like scared. <laughs> like, I, I was like, if he goes on a run, we're, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it, definitely just such a tragic situation, and I appreciate you sharing your thoughts, Pat. Uh, we'll move on to a more positive um, topic, the upcoming Super Bowl. I mean, it's such always such an exciting week to look forward to the big game. And this year we have the Kansas City facing the San Francisco 49ers. Pat, who you got? Um, yeah, I think it's going to be a great game. I was, I'm very excited to see, you know, these two teams in it. Uh, you know, obviously, hopefully it's not going to be as low scoring as last season's game, obviously with the, you know, 
with Mahomes and the Chiefs and how well the Niners offense is, you know, it's, it's, we're probably going to get an exciting game. Um, I, you know, it's one of those things I've, I've gone back and forth on it, but at the end of the day, I just can't, you know, bet against Pat Mahomes right now. He's just been absolutely lights out. Um, this team just has so many weapons. And I know San Fran has one of, you know, if not the best defense um, in, in the league, but, and, and as good as they are getting in the backfield and getting pressure, um, they've actually struggled. Some of their worst games this year have been against mobile quarterbacks. So I think, uh, and Mahomes is great at just extending plays. Like, you know, he, he can escape the initial pressure, you know, and then once that happens, you know, as long as he gets his his arms free and you get, you know, four or five seconds for his, you know, great receivers to get open, he's going to find someone downfield. I think, um, you know, just there's just going to be too many big plays uh, here for, for Kansas City. Even if they get behind, like we saw in the first two games of the playoffs for them, you know, they're never worried. They're always in the game with, with such a weapon like Mahomes. So I, I got to go with the Chiefs here. So, Pat, do you do – you... You like the Chiefs, but in terms of betting, I, I was I don't, I don't bet like you guys have bet on sports. But mm-hmm. I see the spreads one minus one point five for the Chiefs. So if yeah. you're liking the, I feel like with just one point, if you like the 49ers at all, you would take that right because it's only one point. It's not like it's a six point or anything like that. Like just one point five. I think a lot of people are going to be jumping on this game to bet this game, even though it's the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think if you like the Niners, you might as well just go money line because I mean the the likelihood it lands a one point game um you know it's very small so right you want to yeah. grab them up plus money for sure all right well you, Pat, you're the fourth uh guest we've had to predict the super bowl and you're the fourth person to pick kansas city not one person we've had on is back <laughs> the 49ers yet now that makes me nervous <laughs> yeah pat doesn't like going it's a bad sign but yeah it's just like one of the things though um that i've taken away just watching them for the first two games and honestly a little bit of the same effect uh, watching LSU with how great these, those two teams are is like how, you know, and that obviously in that first game going down 24, nothing against Houston. Um, and it wasn't all Mahomes. Like they did get some Houston did have some turnovers that helped KC get back in the game, but they also went down. Um, they go, I don't know if it, I forgot if it was 10 or 14 against uh, Tennessee, but down double digits, but it's just like, you never felt that they were out of it. Like that must be so nice as, as a fan of a team like that where your quarterback and your receivers are so good that when you're down 14 points in, like, the second quarter, it still feels like a 0-0 game. Like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure you guys are kind of with me. I've never, like, none of my favorite teams have ever had a guy like that where you're just like, oh, whatever, we're down 14 points. Like, when my team goes down by two touchdowns, you just get that pit in your stomach, like, man, this is probably over. So, that you know, having Mahomes like that is such a, it's such a luxury for Chiefs fans. I'm pretty jealous, uh, you know, that, that none of my teams have had a guy like that. Well, well, Pat, I have experience with the great Eli Manning in Super Bowls, and he had to make some comebacks to win those games. So I never felt completely out of it when uh, I had Eli Manning in the center. That is true. But it wasn't as much a consistent thing with Manning, like coming back from two touchdowns, I feel like. like <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> and like and Joe me, Burrow, too. They were down 10 points, and it's just like you knew LSU was still in the game. Like that must be such a cool feeling to have a quarterback like that through for. I wouldn't know. You, you've had confidence that Blake Bortles could come back from 14 nothing. Listen. That is true. Listen, I, I have had the comfort of when my team is playing well and it's up by 14 points, I have a pit in my stomach. Like, oh, my God, I know these guys are going to blow this sometimes. So it's yeah. the complete opposite. Right. Yeah, it would be, it'd be so nice to, to you know, have a, have a team, roofer team with, like, with a, you know, all those weapons and a guy like that. I, I couldn't even imagine being so lucky as a fan. Yeah. Well, with uh, Pat's pick, he is going to be rooting for that team who has some crazy explosive offense that can dig them out of a hole at any time. Pat, you're picking the Chiefs. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. What color Gatorade are you guys picking? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I feel like it has to be red, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, I actually just was reading recently, if you want to get into some real degenerate stuff earlier today that uh there's reports that uh both teams want to do purple for a tribute to kobe so and like it was you know when all these books sports books opened up their props the last week it was like purple was a long shot it was like 12 to 1 odds but now they're like taking it off the board or they're moving it up to like even odds just because this seems to be like it's it's going to be a thing that that, is that uh, a purple real thing, people betting on the color of the Gatorade that people drink. Oh yeah, purple? that's one of the most popular. <laughs> that's <a real> thing. <laughs> oh yeah, that's one of the most popular betting props. That and the uh, national anthem length over under. 
yeah, like how long it's going to take. So, uh, geez. I, I think if I were to bet after the Kobe news, I bet it's purple and gold. I think I think there's some value on, on uh, yellow slash green is what it, it says on the, uh, the sports books, but I, I still think there's a little bit, bit of value in that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, he's called, a, he's called our degenerate analyst for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> so if you can get a good number on purple, you take it. <laughs> right. And we'll leave it with that. Thank you, Pat. Yep. Thanks, guys. So our next guest we're bringing on is our uh, resident uh, Philadelphia Eagles fan, Christopher Dean. He is uh, not as happy during these playoffs as the Eagles are in the playoffs as he would have wanted, but uh, we're bringing him on to give us her, his Super Bowl pick. But first, Chris, what was uh, where were you when you first heard the tragic news of Kobe Bryant, and how did he affect your life in any way? Because I know you're not a big NBA fan, but Kobe Bryant, he had a, a big impact. Yeah, um, I, I was just in my room hanging out uh one of my friends texted me and told me um i mean you're right i i didn't really grow up watching a ton of basketball but uh i i know how much of an impact he's had on so many people um i mean it's just really sad to see you know that kind of influence uh and that kind of role model for so many people uh you know gone in in an instant yeah, it was incredibly tragic to see him and his daughter and all of those people pass away in the helicopter accident. Uh, anybody, whether you're a basketball fan or not, if you see full families uh, leave in an instant, leave this world in an instant, you'll be affected no matter what. But uh, I was going to say, Chris, you may or may not know this, but Kobe Bryant is from Philadelphia. He's a huge Eagles fan. And if you look it up after the, we're done recording, go on YouTube and just type in Kobe Bryant reaction to Eagles winning the Super Bowl. It's his wife filming him on the last play of that Super Bowl and him going nuts in his house when they won. So that's something to look for when you get off this recording. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen it. Um, and actually, before that Super Bowl, he made kind of a promotional video for the Eagles. Um, it, was, it was kind of a hype video. Uh, so if you haven't seen that, that's pretty cool, too. <laughs> he, he, uh, what, what, he, he sang the, the Fly Eagles Fly song or whatever? Uh, yeah, that was part of it, yeah. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, well, yeah, that's awesome. I totally forgot about that, that he was an Eagles fan. Yeah, I love Kobe Bryant, but I don't know if I agree with him in all of his sports decisions. I mean, he was a Los Angeles Laker. I'm a Celtics fan. I'm a Giants fan. He likes the Eagles. I mean, come on, Kobe. Let's get on the same page here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very true, very true. But we'll uh, we'll move on to a happier topic here. The Super Bowl is coming up. It's always an exciting week, and we have the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes facing Jimmy Garoppolo and the San Francisco 49ers. I don't know why I keep saying Jimmy Garoppolo because obviously he is not the most important person on this team. But, uh, <laughs> Chris, what are your thoughts on this game? Who do you think is going to win, and is it going to be an exciting one? Uh, well, I'm hoping it's going to be an exciting one. Um, better than last <laughs> year, <laughs> hopefully. Um, I'm I'm picking the Chiefs partially because I want Andy Reid to win uh, and partially because I think a lot of this game is going to rest on – how Patrick Mahomes performs and I don't think he's going to make the mistakes that the 49ers are going to need him and yeah I mean I think you know Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to throw more than eight passes in this game uh, and I I don't know if he's going to handle the pressure as well as Patrick Mahomes is yeah I mean uh, you've got Andy Reid who's uh, this is his second time in the Super Bowl in all his years coaching uh, as a head coach the last time he was there was back when we were in fifth grade when the Eagles played the Patriots and uh, didn't go so well for Andy Reid in that game but I, I think a lot of NFL fans are on the same wavelength as you as a lot of people just want to see him get a ring after all these years and all the, and really Andy Reid is mostly excited I think to get that uh, fast food buffet at the White House uh, what do you think I, I got a at least suspect that he's excited. Um, Do you think he's more excited about the fast food buffet than holding the Lombardi trophy up on that, on that podium? Really? Like what is, what's your gut feeling there? Uh, that that's a tough call. You know, I think Andy Reid has enough money to buy himself a fast food buffet if he really wants it. Uh, <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta think that he's more excited to hold the Lombardi. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that's a good argument. <laughs> Do you think that's something that's driving your decision is, uh, Andy Reid getting that first Super Bowl because I know you're he's a former Philadelphia Eagles coach. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I I want the Chiefs to win. I'll 
that, you know, pretty forthright. Um, but I do think the Chiefs is, you know, they have so many weapons. Their defense is definitely going to have to step up in a big way um, against the 49ers run game. But, I mean, they did that against Derrick Henry, who I think is, like, pretty obviously a better running back than Mostert. Uh, so, you know, I think they can do that. All right, fair enough. Well, the Christopher Dean, the Philadelphia Eagles fanatic, is picking the Kansas City Chiefs to win. He's hoping Andy Reid can get that first Super Bowl ring finally. Fifth guest, fifth person picking the Chiefs. Incredible. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, no, nobody, nobody has picked the 49ers yet. Obviously, one of us is going to have to uh, because, you know, we're not going to pick the same team. But so far, yeah, the whole crowd, everybody's picking Kansas City. Well, yeah. we'll see what happens. <laughs> All right. yeah, we have one more guest, so we'll see how it goes. But thanks, Chris. I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to a project that is very near and dear to the hearts of two of my closest friends, Boho Homo. Their mission is to attempt to understand the human experience and inject an uplifting and positive message into this crazy world that we live in. And you can visit their website to learn more about this incredible community organization at bohohobolifestyle.com. Explore endlessly. All right, so our final guest of the podcast is Steve Denblaker. We've had him on here a couple times to talk about the Vikings, but this time we're going to bring him on to talk about the Super Bowl 49ers versus Chiefs, and we're also going to start with uh, how he was affected by the Kobe Bryant tragedy. Steve, where were you when you first heard about it, and uh, how did Kobe Bryant affect your life? I was in my apartment just playing some video games, and some of my friends on Discord, um, one of them, my friend AJ from college, just said, hey, man, I think Kobe Bryant just died. And I, I was like, he's not sick. I was like, what are you talking about? And then he's like, no, like TMZ just dropped it. And then I went online and saw that the Hollywood Reporter also did it. So it was like pretty because I know TMZ got in a lot of flack for it, but it was pretty close to it. So then I told like my parents because I know they grew up like the Jordan era. They love the NBA, too. And I've always been a fan of players. But just, yeah, I was in my apartment playing video games and it was honestly shocking and obviously so sad for all the families and people involved. But, yeah, it was it definitely was a weird thing that it was like the first player that kind of affected me being so young, dying and passing away and stuff. Yeah, we, we were definitely saying that this is by far the most impactful celebrity death that we have experienced personally. Like Michael Jackson, Prince, those were icons, musical icons. I enjoy mm -hmm. Michael Jackson's music, but Kobe Bryant, that hit on another level. He's he's a, a true goat of the game, you know? Yeah, and I mean, not just that. I mean, obviously there's you can say some bad things about Kobe in the past, but it seems like, I mean – like going on past like what happened when he wore number eight like he just seems like such a great guy like doing so much good for like the communities in LA and stuff I mean the man literally won an Oscar last year for like best animated short like that that's crazy that's like getting past like just the game you know what I mean like he was like a cultural icon too yeah Kobe Bryant was definitely destined to transcend the game and make yeah. a huge impact even potentially own part of an NBA team, a lot of people are saying. So uh, Kobe Bryant, he's definitely going to be missed. But uh, we'll move on to a more happy topic. The Super Bowl is coming up. Uh, this Super Bowl week is always exciting. Everybody's giving their opinions and making their picks. So everybody wants to hear from Stephen Denblaker himself. Steve, who do you think is going to win between the Chiefs and the 49ers? Uh, it's it's tough. I I think it's going to be a great game. I hope after last year's game that it is going to be a better game than that. But I, if I, I would probably say the 49ers. I know it's kind of shocking in a way because I feel like a lot of people are picking the Chiefs. Not that they'd be shocked if the 49ers won, but I think their pass defense is so good. And I know Pat Mahomes is just a different type of beast, but I don't think he's played against the pass defense this good this season yeah i mean they're the number one pass defense in the league for a reason and then just that run game i feel like no one i mean it's only been two games in the playoffs but no one's been even able to like stop them at all and some pretty solid defense i feel like casey's 
one of their biggest weaknesses is probably that D giving up a lot of points. So I think it's going to be a high-scoring game and a close game, but I actually give the nod to the 49ers. Steve, you are the we you are the sixth guest we've had on the show the last two weeks picking the Super Bowl. You are the first person to pick the 49ers, but it delights me that it wasn't a complete sweep of the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, is part of the reason that you're picking the 49ers because you've seen firsthand how they did against your team, like how they were able to shut the Vikings down? Yeah, exactly. Like maybe it's an NFC bias for me, but I've just seen the 49ers do some like crazy stuff this year. And obviously, same with the Chiefs, but I feel like people aren't giving that pass defense enough credit. I mean, Kirk Cousins is not Pat Mahomes, but they completely shut him down in our run game in that game. And I wouldn't be surprised if they can come out and do that again. Even they, I mean, they did to the Packers to some extent. And Aaron Rodgers is, everyone wanted to see Rodgers, Mahomes, and they did that to them too. Like, I just, in my head, like, that's kind of what I'm seeing is going to play out. I could be wrong. And like you said, I feel like I'm picking at least based even on our like accounts like picking the 49ers is kind of shocking but I just in my head I just see that defense like just at least not stopping but slowing down the Chiefs offense Uh, a lot of people would definitely agree I mean the logic is definitely there Mike and I have yet to give our picks so uh, we are going to hold off from uh, agreeing or disagreeing with you right now but uh, Steve I really appreciate you coming on you always give solid solid uh, analysis with every game that we ask you about and uh I'm sure we'll be asking you on again soon. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, guys. All right. It's almost the time you guys have all been waiting for. Drew and I are going to make our Super Bowl picks for Super Bowl 54 down in Miami. Uh, but first, you know, the Super Bowl is such an iconic day of the year. It's an iconic game and the most iconic game in the sport event about football. Um, I started watching uh, football back in around the first Super Bowl I remember watching was the Eagles versus the Patriots back in uh, 05. Um, and, uh, ever since then, there've been a lot of great different games. Uh, Drew, t- did you start watching football around that same time frame, or was it maybe a couple of years later? What year did the Seattle Seahawks play in the Super Bowl the first time? That was the following season. Yeah. That was, that's the first Super Bowl I remember watching. All right, so, I mean, you're older than you, you're, you're, that yeah. makes sense. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, th- there were a lot of incredible Super Bowl games throughout history that I have seen, mm-hmm. um, if uh, if I had, I feel like if I had seen the Packers Steelers Super Bowl because that was the only one I didn't get to watch. Um, unfortunately, I was at my grandfather's wake uh, mm. during that Super Bowl, so I was just kind of checking scores while we were there. It was the third day of the calling hour, so it was fine. All right, yeah, I wasn't an asshole, you know. But uh, the most exciting Super Bowl I think I remember watching. Oh man, I guess it had to be. I know which one you're going to say, obviously. <laughs> and the one you're going to say was definitely up there. Like, it's definitely top two. But I think the one most exciting one I watched was the Patriots versus the Seahawks. Okay. And that's because I was actually rooting for the Patriots at that point. Because you hated Seattle. You I, resented them so much. I, know, I, I hated. I don't know why, because now I love the antics. I love Richard Sherman. I love what guys that just talk shit and are just, like, disrespectful. Yeah. But back then, I was, like, such a goody-goody, you know? So I, I hated the Seattle Seahawks <laughs> because of Richard Sherman. I, 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 the thing about that Super Bowl was that I was uh, an RA at Fredonia, and everyone at Fredonia hates the Patriots. Everybody. So everybody that was there was rooting for the Seahawks. And there was only one person there that was a legit Seahawks fan. And I was the only one there rooting for the Patriots because my reason for rooting for the Patriots was because if Tom Brady kept winning Super Bowls against teams that were not the Giants, I could always say the Giants were the only team that could beat them. So I was rooting for the Seahawks. Uh, I was rooting for the Seahawks to lose that game. When they had that amazing catch by Curse, I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and then the, the interception that Russell Wilson threw is just such an iconic moment. It's like, oh. Did that just happen? Oh, my God. It was so heartbreaking for everybody who was rooting against the Patriots. I mean, how do you not give the ball to Marshawn Lynch? We're going to be saying that for years to come. <laughs> for years to come. Uh, yeah, I mean, but, there, yeah, there have been so many great games uh, since we started watching football in the Super Bowl. I mean, there was um, the comeback against Atlanta that the Patriots had, which that really was a great second half. It wasn't a great first half. It was kind of like, uh, you know, it's kind of boring. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of people were really excited because they wanted to see the Patriots get killed. Um, Another exciting one was the the Cardinals and Steelers. That was, that was an a, incredible Super Bowl. That was I, that, that was outside of the Giants winning the two Super Bowls, Super Bowl forty two and forty six. To me, that was the most exciting Super Bowl. Yeah, we had the James Harrison return mm-hmm. for what was like ninety five yards. Or then something like then that. the Larry Fitzgerald huge touchdown close to the end, and 
Antonio uh, Holmes at the end. That amazing drive by the Steelers. And the fact that Big Ben threw a pass to Antonio Holmes in the corner of the end zone and they missed it. <laughs> and it was an easier – he had a lot more space. It was like more on his hands. And he missed that one, and then he got the one that he ended yeah, up getting. Yeah, ridiculous I mean, catch. Uh, but uh, obviously, for me, Super Bowl forty-two and forty-six were my favorite Super Bowls. Uh, to, if I were to pick one over the other, I think you know it's easy to say that forty-two was the the more iconic win because they beat an undefeated team. But for me personally, I appreciate Super Bowl forty-six a little bit more than forty-two, only because it was that the fact that they did it again. You know, everyone thought it was just a fluke that they did it in forty-two, but the fact that they were able to get back there again. And do it again against the same team was pretty special to me. Um, and I was at a point in my life too where I, I kind of needed to pick me up. You know, my grandma had just passed away the, the fall, the, the the start of the football season that year. Uh, so that was something that you know it was like a nice kind of like boost. It obviously doesn't f- fill that hole well, that you have, but it helps. But you know what I mean. Yeah, like it, it was helps. just something that really you know lifts your spirit and uh, something that I really always appreciated. And honestly, though, Super Bowl forty two. Where they defeated the at the time eighteen and zero Patriots, right? Eighteen and zero. It was just such a monumental win for, and just such a monumental upset. Because if you think about it, I was talking about this with my coworker Pat. There has not been like just a starch favorite in a Super Bowl since that game. Yeah. Like, I think because in their second matchup, the Patriots were not really favored over the Giants by that much because right. the Giants had beaten them in the regular season that year. The Patriots were, I believe, it was. 16 point favorites yeah. in the Super Bowl back <laughs> in 2007. And it was it was great it was uh, Tom Brady Plexico Burris came out and said that the Giants were going to win 23-17 and Tom Brady kind of scoffed that off. He's like we're only going to score 17 points. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and they scored cool. they scored 14. I mean, in Tom Brady's defense, they were at that point in history the number one offense of all time. And, you know, and he set the touchdown record, Randy Moss set the receiving record. So, I mean, it was kind of right for him to kind of be insulted by only 17 points, but the Giants came out and backed it up, which was great. And and the thing I love about 46 in particular was that the whole time during the game, I had a a classmate of ours was texting me, like, you nervous yet? You nervous yet? Because by the end of the first half, the Patriots were up 10 to 9, and they went up 17 to 9. And she kept texting me, you nervous? You nervous? And I kept saying, no, I'm not. And I wasn't. I I, I don't know. I had this, like, confidence that the Giants that could pull money, it off. confidence. I hate that money, my confidence. This would be awesome sometimes. And then they, they got that pass <laughs> to Manningham, and I'm like, got this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I can definitely see why you're picking that one as your pick. I knew it was going to be, obviously, one of those two. So. Yeah. I, I mean, I love Super Bowl 42. Actually, I don't have 46 on DVD. I do have the game of 42 on DVD, and I have watched it. Uh, just the fourth quarter. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. the, the first three quarters are actually kind of boring, but yeah, there wasn't much offense. <laughs> there wasn't much offense at all. But I mean, of the seventeen fourteen score, it was uh, the Giants put up uh, fourteen points in the fourth quarter. They only put up three in the first three quarters. Yeah, like it, as, now that I remember, that was a really boring Super Bowl until the end. Yeah, but uh, yeah, there we've had some amazing Super Bowls over the years. Hopefully, this one coming up is going to be the same because. It's definitely shaping up to be an incredible matchup with how close it is. The spread's only one and a half points. Yeah. It's been moving between one and one and a half. Like people don't know who's going to win this game. Yeah, and to review, we've had six guests on. Five have picked Kansas City. Only one has picked the San Francisco 49ers. So it's going to be interesting. Drew and I are tied in the pick standings at points at this point, including regular season and postseason. So whoever wins this wins. The contest. I don't. I don't have in front of me the amount of points that this. At this point, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I know that we're tied. So, Drew, right. let's get to it. We're gonna have to flip a coin to see who gets the right to pick first. Because if we both want to pick the same team, this isn't gonna work. All so, right, Mike. So, uh, heads or tails? I'm. You know, people say the whole thing tails never fails. I'm gonna say heads. All right, Mike's going against the public here. Let's see what we got. Flip it over. And it is heads. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. I agree. Tails never fails, but it failed me here. All right. So we've had, you know, as I said, six guests on, five of whom picked the Kansas City Chiefs. But I'm not picking with those five. I am picking the San Francisco 49ers to win Super Bowl 54. And I can see by Drew's reaction that that's who he wanted to pick. Because, and the reason my pick for the 49ers is the 49ers have a phenomenal defense. They only have to rush four to rush the quarterback. All four of their linemen are top 10 draft picks. Top 10 first-round draft picks. And so what that means is they can use all of their linebackers and secondary to cover all of those weapons that Kansas City has. And we've seen in Super Bowl history a great defense 
beats a great offense. The Super Bowl between the Seattle Seahawks and the Denver Broncos, the Broncos at that point in history were the number one offense of all time. They lost 43-8. to eight. We were just talking about Super Bowl 42. The Giants defense was able to get under Brady's skin and hit him over and over and over again. They were at that point in history with the number one offense of all time. They lost 17-14. So when it comes to champion, and I've, I've always been a defensive-minded person when it comes to any sports, whether it's soccer, hockey, basketball, baseball, uh, football, defense wins you championships. And I think that people are also underestimating Jimmy Garoppolo in this game. I mean, we were talking about, like, you know, he's not really the main thing here. But he's had a phenomenal uh, regular season. He's thrown almost 4,000 yards. He's only about 22 yards short of that. 27 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Uh, he's shown in games like where they had their games against the uh, Seahawks, against the uh, the Saints. He's able to throw the ball and, you know, put up some numbers. So I think he's going to play just fine. I think he's going to play well. And I think that the um, – I don't know if the Chiefs defense is going to be able to hold them or hold the run. They did an okay job against Tennessee. But I'm going with the San Francisco 49ers to win this game with a final score – of 34 to 28. All right. Well, you are correct. I was going to pick the San Francisco 49ers because I agree. I believe they are just the more complete team, and the team with the better defense normally wins games like this. <clears throat> when it's an explosive offense facing against one of the top defenses in the league, the defense usually comes out as the victor. But since I am stuck with picking the Kansas City Chiefs, and I will <laughs> say, I won't say stuck because I honestly. It's a one-point spread. Yeah, <laughs> like the Chiefs are an incredible team. There's a reason that they're in the Super Bowl right now. It's that's because they are one of the best teams in the league. They have the best offense, the most explosive offense. Even if the 49ers jump out to a big lead early, you know the Chiefs are still going to be in it, as Pat said earlier. So, Pat Mahomes, he is the reason that people are picking the Chiefs because he is the man. He is the best quarterback in the league right now, and mm -hmm. I, I will say that with full confidence. Russell Wilson's great. Lamar Jackson's great. Pat Mahomes is the real deal. And I think he's going to go down as one of the greats when his career is over, as long as he can stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And I think that is the reason why the Chiefs are going to be able to pull through because he is the next Tom Brady, I think. I think he's going to be the quarterback that just finds a way to win no matter the circumstance. I don't disagree with you. And I think between these two teams, whoever loses, I think that the Chiefs have the better chance to make it back next year if they were to lose. Like if the 49ers lose – the NFC is so tough. Yeah. But I feel like the Chiefs, if they uh, lose this game, they'll be able to bounce back and come back next year. Yeah, we're going to be seeing the Chiefs for a long time. I, they, I, I think so. The NFC is so top heavy. And full disclosure, I want the Chiefs to win. Yeah. Like, that's why I'm rooting for to win. But, like, our pick aside, I'm rooting for the Chiefs to win. So I thought with this whole coin toss, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to win either way. Because like, in my pick, I'll be rooting for my pick because they're the team I want to win. Or if the 49ers win, I got the pick right. So <laughs> I win either way. Fair enough. I'm glad we did the coin toss because you're right. Like There was a chance that we would both want to pick the same team, and we did. Um, but it's going to be such an incredible game. I'm actually – this is probably the Super Bowl I've been the most excited for in a long time. And I don't know if it's just because Patriots, Patriots aren't, aren't in it. <laughs> and honestly, both of these teams are – they have an exciting offenses, you know? Yeah. I mean, you got two great offensive minds in uh, Shanahan and Andy Reid. And, you know, the thing with Kyle Shanahan and Andy Reid, the, both their last trips to the Super Bowl were at, they lost to the Patriots. And mm -hmm. Kyle Shanahan in particular is painful because he was the offensive coordinator for the Atlanta Falcons who blew a 28-3 lead. Yeah. So talking about a guy who was, like, craving redemption in the Super Bowl. But Andy Reid's been coaching for such a long time that a lot of people are really rooting for him. And uh, myself, my reasoning for wanting the Chiefs to win is I want to see Andy Reid finally win a Super Bowl after all these years and the fact that he's not coaching the Eagles. <laughs> uh, and uh, I like Patrick Mahomes. I think he's fun to watch. And I think he's a likable guy. Yeah. And the last time we've seen a good Super Bowl that didn't include the Patriots was the Baltimore 49ers, I think. Because the two Super Bowls that the Broncos were in, they both sucked. Yeah, they both are boring games. Yeah, because they beat up on Carolina. But that's another example of a great defense beating a team that's an amazing offense. I mean, Carolina scored like 42 points in the, NFC yeah. in, the, in the NFC Championship game, and uh, the Broncos just destroyed them. So yeah. not just not on the scoreboard, but they, they really caught them off guard. Yeah, and then the game before that was the Broncos versus the Seahawks, and we know how that one ended up. Yeah. <laughs> the well, there was a game in between. That was It was the Broncos-Seahawks, and then it was Patriots-Seahawks, and then it was... No, I'm saying the game before that that didn't include the Patriots. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah that's true. So this is going to hopefully going to be the first exciting matchup that doesn't include New England in a long time, and I, I really hope it lives up to the hype. Yeah, I, I think it will. And, you know, this is... Uh, 
going to be I, I, I think it's going to be one to remember, but this is a, a Super Bowls in Miami always have memorable moments. I mean, you had uh, Drew Brees winning his Super Bowl with the Saints against the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, and uh, the Colts also were in the Super Bowl the, before that. That was in Miami where they played the Bears and Peyton Manning got his first Super Bowl ring. So uh, if you're looking for a star quarterback to get their first ring, I mean, will Patrick Mahomes be the guy or will Jimmy G get his first ring that he is not a backup? <laughs> <laughs> well, I certainly hope so. Uh Thank you for everybody who came onto the show to give us their picks. It's always great to get everybody's insight. And honestly, everybody has an opinion on the big game every year. Even people who didn't really watch much football throughout the year, they're always going to be like, oh, I think this team's going to win because they have cool uniforms or something. You know, Everybody watches the Super Bowl, whether it's for the commercials or for the, the halftime show or just for the food and meeting up with friends, you know. Yeah. So it's the most watched uh, sporting event in the world, I believe. I mean, I imagine, right? Like, I know soccer is big in the world, but I feel like just the Super Bowls. I, the Super Bowl is probably the biggest event in American sports, for At sure. At least American. Uh, yeah. As far as like global numbers, I don't know if the World, world Cup, Cup. That's true. Probably gathers Cup, more. Yeah. You know, gathers more just because of the the global standing that soccer has. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry, football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Overseas, but uh, you know, yeah, I'm I'm so excited. I I love the Super Bowl, and I, I can't wait to see. Uh, who comes out on top. I'm hoping no matter what happens, I'm hoping it's a close competitive game the entire way through. I hope we get an exciting last minute drive by whoever wins it to go on and win the game. And I always find it exciting to watch teams uh, post game that win the Super Bowl to lift the Lombardi trophy. I always enjoy, enjoy yeah. that. So. And then the, the, the winner of the Super Bowl MVP yells that they're going to Disney world. You know? Yeah, and sometimes Disneyland. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Joe Flacco one year, he's at Disneyland, so they <laughs> may alter the commercial. <laughs> <laughs> very true, very true. So uh, thank you guys for listening to another damn sports podcast. Uh, hope you guys enjoy the Super Bowl, and we will be back post-NFL to try and keep you guys entertained through the offseason with everything else that's going on in the sports world.